0: You're listening to Create Wealth Through Franchising, and I'm your host, Kim Daly. In my 20 years as a franchise consultant, I've helped hundreds of people achieve their dreams of building and scaling franchise businesses to create wealth. The interview you're about to hear can also be found on my YouTube channel, where I post new franchising content multiple times per week. Please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and to my YouTube channel at kimdaily.tv. Now, enjoy the show. Today, we're going to meet my great friend, Jack Lapointe, the founder of Jan Pro. Jack, welcome to the Daily Coach YouTube channel.
1: Hey, how are you? And thank you for having me.
0: I am so excited to have you here, sir. You and I have been longtime friends in franchising for many years. And the reason I asked you or invited you to the conversation, Jack, is because we're trying to answer the question, is buying a franchise just making someone else rich? And, you know, here at the Daily Coach YouTube channel, I'm all about sharing the good news in franchising. There's enough bad news out there. You can find that anywhere you want. Yeah. But right here on the Daily Coach YouTube channel, I want to spotlight how really good franchisors do really good things for franchisees and how franchising can literally change people's lives. But in return, how that also helps a franchisor. Makes make a lot of money and change their life. And that's why you're here, to kind of share your story of building one of the largest commercial cleaning companies in franchising and the massive success that you've had, but that has helped a lot of other people achieve their dreams along the way. So welcome to the conversation.
1: Okay, so let me start from the beginning. You know, when I first started Jampro in 1990, late 1991, uh, I remember my wife Ann saying, "You know, Jack, you're going to be very successful in this business because you're helping the little guy." In those days, you use the term "little guy" it really didn't mean anything derogatory. Simply, people, you know, in, in, in the lower earning bracket. And I said to her, "I said, you know, interestingly, it's not why I, I I'm in this business. I'm in this business to build a brand and to build a business. And I wasn't thinking necessarily about getting wealthy or anything." About successful as time went on let's first of all the first year in December Christmas time of 92 I've got I got the shock of my life I had 41 franchises already sold in my first year and 35 of them sent me Christmas cards that said Mr. Jack Mr. Jack you saved my life you did this I did none of those things you know but I didn't even realize the impact I was having on people Year two came along and that year I sold 81. So now I have 122 franchisees in my first two years. I'm struggling to get new business to fill their contracts and all. And I'm worried about what's going on. And I'm getting these Christmas cards, get over a hundred of them that says, Mr. Jack, thank you for helping me. You're doing this. You do. So I realized that there was value in helping people own their own businesses. And that's really the business model of, in, our, in our case, what we call a three-tier, right? There's two and three-tier franchise models. Ours is three-tier. It means the franchisor, the unit franchise owner who services the account, and the customer. And so here's that middle person. And what they were looking for was the cleaning contract because they would go in at night. One of the nice things about this model was they could have day jobs and still, uh, you know, go in at night and family, maybe husband and wife, kids, whatever, and help a building. The average contract was relatively small, about 20000 a year. When you think about 20000 a year, and they were probably not making much more than that themselves, now they double their income, and all of a sudden now they can have a better house, a car, whatever. So that was really the benefit of the process. As time went on and then we started building it through masters, same thing happened. I mean, there were a lot of people who came to Jampro looking for an opportunity, in most cases, because they were forced to. When I say forced to, I mean, because they didn't really have any option. They probably lost their job. They were rejected at this or whatever happened. They were sort of forced to look at this, this, this business. And in doing so, saw an opportunity. Sometimes I had to work with them financially. You know, We didn't always have the benefits of the Benetrons of the world and so on. So we had to work with them. Sometimes I had to adjust my royalties when they were struggling. There were times when people came in and you know they weren't right for the business if i saw it early like in training i would give them their money back but if not and sometimes they get in and all of a sudden you know they uh were struggling and we recognized it. i'd call them up and i'd say look i want to come in and see you i want i'm going to come to see you in your in your territory I said, well, with only one prerequisite, if your wife is, it's because they were generally men, if your wife is not there, no one do, I'm not coming. And they said, why, what what, what what are you talking about? I said, because when I come in to see you, I'm gonna ask your wife one question. Is she willing to give you another six months of capital that you're gonna take out of your checking account or wherever you got it in savings, because now you're not making any money, you're not getting a check, how do you adjust it? And Anyway, they did, and I would go in there, and I'd sit down with them, and I'd tell them that very thing. In 99% of the cases, the wife would not be willing to add more money into the till, and I gave me an opportunity to help them sell. Then I would give them the good news, which is, I'm not only going to help you sell your business, but you're going to get more for it than you would otherwise because it's an existing business. Even though it's not as profitable as you'd like it to be, you're going to get out with everything you put in plus and you'll go out and find yourself something else to do that's better for you and you know within a year or so i would hear from a lot of them saying i just want to thank you for making the effort yeah that's
0: why you're so successful because you have so many people (laughs) anyway so here's the question again is owning a franchise making someone else rich I mean come on franchisors actually care about their franchisees
1: they first of all if 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 the franchisor is someone who's thinking about getting rich from franchising rather than building a business to help other people they're not franchisors. they're people who who do things for self-serving reasons I mean to a degree we all you know it's all about us too but uh, the idea is to help other people be successful, and in doing so, you benefit from that, because in franchising, yeah, they talk about the franchise fee, for example, and okay, that's an expense upfront, but at the same time, in reality, that's not a profit center for the franchisor. If they're using you know, uh, services like yours, there's a piece of that coming off the top, but either way, whether it's that, the full amount or less, it's based on the royalties. Well, royalties come from the success of the franchise owners, right? And so if you want to build a solid brand and have value, it comes to royalties. When I started uh, in, in 2004, I had the uh, unfortunate news that I had prostate cancer. And that made me think about what else I could do in case, you know, something ever happened to me where, you know, my family wouldn't be protected. So I, I don't know exactly how it happened, but somebody approached me through private equity and wanted to and said, Jack, you know, you may have a business worthy of of note at this point where it's it's scalable, you know, scalable, he said, it depends on the franchise royalties and what you're doing in the long term growth process. So where are you? We were probably 30, 40 percent of what we are today. So there was a lot of growth room opportunity. So that was good for them. And the second reason was the royalties were really climbing. As a matter of fact, from 2002 to 2004, we literally had doubled the business. So they made me an offer I couldn't refuse. The offer was this, since I didn't know exactly where I would be in, in my uh, diagnosis, I, I, we talked about you know, what would I sell first. I sold a certain percentage and kept the rest for what they call the second bite and so on. These were things, the terminology that they use. And uh, so we did that and three and a half years later, uh, it resold for two and a half times what i had gotten the first time and then did it again a third time and it just recently sold in december for 300 million so it's a serious number that said uh my numbers were smaller in terms of dollars but my but my franchise owners and the unit franchisees that we put into business are now getting you know seven and eight figures for their businesses i mean there's one you know that i just heard of the other day that's that stunned even me So the opportunity, if a franchisor is good and doing their job and the franchisees are working, following the model and doing what's right and building a brand, when it comes time to exit, that'll perhaps be the the single greatest monetary return they'll ever get. It's the multiples, right? And it's not unusual for franchisees to get actually more percentage-wise than the franchisor does. So that's something people don't think about. So the value is always there as well. So who comes up to answer your question? It's both. It's, it's both. just that that should not be the reason why we go into business. We go into business as a franchisor to help others be successful. Through the vicarious function, they become successful, we become successful as well. And at the same time, if everybody benefits, that's really what, what it's all about at the end of the day. So that's pretty much, uh, you know, that story.
0: Everything that you've just shared today just screams, you know, that franchisors really do care. Now, to the point that you made, not every franchisor is in it for the right reasons. And in fact, that's why Kim Daly has a business, right? Yeah. That's why the voice exists to protect people from investing in businesses where, Um, we don't know who the franchisor is and we don't know their intentions, but I've been doing this for a long time. And I do know, I have lots of relationships that my uh, candidates uh, get to leverage.
1: Yeah, I know you do. I, and I hear my, your name comes up a lot, you know, when I talk to different people and I must be, I must tell you, I'm proud to know you. I mean, you've really done some marvelous things yourself. You know, interestingly too uh, we talk about the franchisor, where are you in life and what happens? Like, here's an example. When when we did the private equity thing, you know, you have to understand private equity and where and what they are and where they're in business. A lot of people think, well, gee, private equity comes in, they put this money in, they're going to build it up, ramp it up, and then sell it for a huge profit in a three to five-year cycle, generally around five years. That's true. However, there are Private equities and the ones that I pretty much dealt with were pretty, pretty honorable people. The one thing people have to understand about private equity is they're not there to destroy the brand. It's the opposite. Okay. The only negative I found through the process of using private equity is what we call professional managers, people that they bring in to run the business vicariously through them, right? There's where the real problem lies, because those professional managers, in many instances, their income base and their and their big hits going to come at the end of the day when they resell the brand. So it's all on that backside. side. So if they can squeeze out another royalty number or two, do whatever, you know, to get more income, that's how they make their money. They also don't have the personal c- connections with the franchise or who sold and built the businesses. I did with Carol and, and the team that I had in and Nieder and, and Dennis Thompson. And Nieder. these were people that were magnificent. And uh, but, uh, but, but the private, you know, the people that they bring in as professional managers will look at them sometimes in a negative way thinking they don't have the rapport that these people have so they 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 eliminate those people and they bring in their own the kinds of people that they can that's that's the downside that i found but other than that uh i found them to be very honorable people because the one thing they don't want to do is destroy the very brand that they bought you know through the investment money that they get that they raise every time you know do these, these uh, various buyouts.
0: So. It's a really valuable point because many people in corporate America lose their job when private equity comes in. Yeah. But in private equity, the right private equity comes in and infuses money into a franchise. In my experience, it lifts the entire brand and increases the value for all of the franchisees, like you said. So when they get ready to exit their business, now their businesses are valued for higher amounts.
1: Correct. That was the second thing I was going to tell you. And you, what, what other benefit that is created by it? It establishes a base and a monetary value. So it's called a multiple. So how much will they pay for the multiple? Well, it depends on the long-term and the short-term value. So if they see a lot of profit early, uh, the multiple will be a little higher. Sometimes it's two, three times multiple. But what it does is kicks up the unit franchise value. And so now the franchisees, when they go to sell, could end up getting two, three times what they normally would get had they just been an independent operation. So when you look at that side of it, if the, if the private equity is a solid player who cares about the business model for selfish reasons or not, as long as it's for the right reason, and, and you know, that really can work and the benefits I can, well, I can tell you can be huge. So let's talk about what you do for a second, because I'm a huge fan of of consultants, believe me, and they helped me build my brand. Jampro only got successful when I determined uh, that uh, we were what we call an executive's business. Here we were in, in the cleaning business. So here's the story you, you appreciate. So now I thought I had this guy who'd been the ex CEO of a large company, he's making 450 base, you know, 1000 a year plus country club, all these other things. And I, I think I'm going to make a deal with this guy. And so uh, I'm not hearing from him. I'm not hearing from him. Weeks go by. Finally, you know, I got a little irritated. I picked up the phone and I called him and I said, David, Jack Lapointe, I don't know what you think you're doing, but this is unacceptable. You call me. Five minutes later, he calls me, apologizes, tells me, he said, uh, you know, I said, what's going on? He said, Jack, I, I can't do this. He said, my wife is playing Mahjong with her friends at the country club. And they said, what's David doing now? Oh, well, David's buying a franchise, a cleaning business. Oh, David's going to be a janitor in a suit. Boom. I lost the guy.
0: That is a shoe.
1: However, I called up... Uh, I don't know if it was French French choice or friend of somebody there. And I said, uh, Hey, we've got to change the model. We're going to go after execs. I want C-level players to come in and buy these master franchises from us. And that's how it all started. That's how we got into it. It's an executives business. And from that moment on, I was able to get these executives to join as masters. And those people helped the little people I keep using that word, but it's really, they're not little people, but you know, people that need assistance in getting, you know, their businesses going and that's how we built that
0: brand and as you started to say why are you a big fan of consultants
1: they're the ones who brought those those executive level players to me i wasn't getting them any other way once we made that the desired place you know a c-level player i wanted to talk to them i remember when you called me a few times in gate and said jack look at this background they were the kinds of people i was now looking for and it's because of people like you without it it would have never happened that's the reason why I'm, I'm such a huge fan and I'm going to do it again with my new model.
0: Everybody out there listening, you've heard it from one of the greatest people uh, in franchising that I know who literally has made people's dreams come true from every walk of life, from the basic cleaners uh, at the, you know, the unit franchise owners to the executive level CEOs that join as his master franchise owners. He's, He's raised all the level, the quality of life for every single one of them. I guarantee it. So thank you so much, Jack, for sharing your your story. You have definitely helped to answer this question. Is buying a franchise just making someone else rich? And the answer is again.
1: No. No. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's funny, in closing, let's say this, you know, I'm now doing a little something a little different. And when I look at this particular business model, because I get a lot of opportunities, people approach me and say, you know, can you get involved with us? And so on like that. And I just, I, I really don't. In this particular case, I did. And one of the two things that I looked at was, did it have growth? And was, did it have legs for the franchisees to make money? And was the return on investment there as well? Because if it is, you're going to continue to help other people. If it's not, then you've got a real problem. <laughs> I don't want to be involved in a business that has problems.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate your time and your wisdom and your great All stories. Right. and friendship.
1: All right.
0: <laughs> if you found this inspiring, please contact me at inquire at kimdaily.tv. My consulting services are totally free to you. Again, that email is inquire at kimdaily.tv. I can't wait to hear from you.